Thank you for joining me on episode 73 of the Unique on a Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal, trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And I am a firm believer that all of us were created unique on purpose for God's purpose. And sometimes those of us that are neurotypical could look at someone with autism and say, God messed up. But I believe that God has a purpose and he has a plan. And today I chat once again with Brian Mitchell on this Autism Awareness Month on his diagnosis of autism when he was three years old. Take a listen. Welcome back to the Unique on a Purpose podcast. I am here today with Brian Mitchell, the writer of the blog, Life with Autism, independent man. And Brian, you're a fan of German music. Well, I, <laughs> I don't hear many people talk about being a fan of German music. Where did that start? Well, that started with, you know, just, you know, listening to music for, like from 2011 and then it expanded over time. It's something that you just found online. Yeah. And I love it. Oh, good. Well, last year or no, it was two years ago. And I know this because it came up on my Facebook feed yesterday that I had you on the podcast and we talked about how people with autism, they're unique on purpose. I'm a firm believer that God creates us unique on purpose. I'm a firm believer that what the Bible says that God will use the thing, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And there's a lot of people out there that are looking at autism and saying either a it's foolish or B, why is this happening? And I believe that there is a grand purpose in God's kingdom for people that uh, have autism. Now, we're going to talk about the symptoms in just a little bit, but I want you to share your testimony with me. I'd be glad to. Okay, so I was born in Kansas City, Missouri in October 1997, Mm -hmm. so 25 and a half years ago, and I was adopted as an infant. And I don't know my birth parents because they were both 16 and 18 when they had me. In 2001, while I was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan with my parents, I was diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. You might, people might ask themselves, well, what is exactly autism? What's the meaning of that? Well, it refers to a broad range of conditions characterized by challenges with social skills, repetitive behaviors, speech, and nonverbal communication. And the diagnosis, it hit my parents hard. And the doctors told them I'd never be able to catch up to my peers. Now today, I work full, in a deli full-time. Mm-hmm. I work 10-hour shifts. I also cut meats and cheeses in the deli per customer's request. Mm-hmm. I also bake and fry chicken, too. In Matthew 28, it says, We are to therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And if God can use, God can use any of us despite our pastor struggle, mm-hmm. even with me and my autism. So when was it that you decided to give your heart to the Lord? Probably around 2004, I want to say, somewhere in that range. And what, I mean, do you remember that time where you said, oh, I want to accept Jesus into my heart? I do. It was just after my mom's surgery. I remember she had had some some surgery she had had. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like just this in my heart. I went and told my mom, mom, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's how it happened. And that's kind of how it happened. So let's go back a little bit. You are adopted. Has that ever bothered you being, because I know that there are a lot of people out there that have been adopted, that that is a struggle for them knowing that they were given up by their parents. Has that ever been a struggle for you? 
I have questioned my adoption. I wondered once, is this really the family I'm living with? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are my real parents? Right. And it's funny that you say real parents because I've heard that so much. People will ask someone who is adopted, well, do you know your real parents? And it's like, well, the real parents are the ones that raised you. Those are your real parents. And I know what their heart is. They're, 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 they're asking, do you know your biological parents? And that is a good question. I mean, do you ever desire to meet your biological parents? I have previously desired that. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to write my birth dad a letter and I had prayed for them and I thanked them for not having an abortion with me. I'm thankful that they let me live and be adopted. So that's a very big blessing in life. And I really hope that you are able to meet them and share that because I think that's something that people need to know, especially in this very pro-choice world that we live in, that there are those like you who have been adopted that that you're glad that <laughs> your biological parents chose life. Mm-hmm. And I think those that did choose life need to hear uh, their their children that they gave up for adoption say thank you. Now, when we talk about autism, there are different symptoms of autism, which you did talk a little bit about, but I want you to explain to them. And I have gone through, <clears throat> excuse me, I have gone through the list of autism and there are about 150, 200 plus symptoms. There are a lot of symptoms, but there are about five main symptoms. And I want you to kind of explain that for me. So stimming. Do you know what stimming is? I do, yes. Okay. Now what is stimming? It's like where you like you communicate, you know, like with your hands or you have a different it's a different type of communication. Right. Where you're trying to regulate your body. Mm-hmm. I have a severely autistic brother and when he gets excited, he flaps his arms. Then that's just kind of a way he regulates his body. There's also noise, certain noises that they make where my brother will, if there's too much noise going on around him, he'll plug his ears and he'll just hum Mm -hmm. and he'll just make humming noises. And that's just kind of him calming his body. Also, there's sensory issues. Going back to my brother, one of the reasons why he stims, why he makes those noises is for sound neurotypical people can, if I hear the refrigerator, I can block that noise out and I can block out the dishwasher going on at the same time where a lot of people with autism can't. So my brother will stim to get rid of that noise Mm -hmm. because that's a sensory, that's a sensory issue. Right. And what are some sensory issues that maybe you have dealt with growing up? Well, one sensory issue I've dealt with was with the with the, with the fear of a noise of a fire alarm going off. Oh, tell me more about that. Let me describe that. So I would, like, anytime I would sit by one, this was, um, we're going back to elementary years. Mm-hmm. I would cover my ears. I'd be very nervous. And a friend of mine in third grade told me, is it going to go off? They were trying to assure me that that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And was it all noises or just a fire alarm? Not just the fire alarm, but also the screaming sounds in the gym. Like mm-hmm. Spirit Week, for example, I would be... It was, just, it was just an overwhelming noise. Mm-hmm. What, did all the people overwhelm you as well, or was it just the noise itself? Just the noise itself. Could you go to basketball games, anything like that, or was that just too much? Back then, it would have been too much, but now I probably would have been able. I probably would now be able to deal with it a little more because you've adjusted, or you've kind of taught yourself. Why is that? I would. I would. Let's put it at adjusted. You've adjusted. All right. Another symptom is eye contact. Those with autism really struggle 
with eye contact? Is that something that you dealt with growing up? Because right now you're making fantastic eye contact with me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not an issue. No, but in my childhood it was a problem. You just, why couldn't you look people in the eye? Why was that a struggle? Because I was shy. I would look down and mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I don't really know why I really couldn't make eye contact like now, but. But you've learned. Oh, yeah. How did you learn to make the great eye contact that you, because I'm a neurotypical person. I still struggle with eye contact. I have a really hard time, especially in a large group of people making eye t- contact with others. How did you learn how to make eye contact so well? My parents taught me along the way. Mm-hmm. What about occupational therapy? Did you go to occupational therapy at all? I did. And did they teach you about eye contact? They did. Okay. I wonder, do you remember any of the techniques they used to help you with that? They taught me how to look somebody like in the eye, mm-hmm. like look at their eyes, or if you can't, look at the nose and eyes. Got it. All right. And then you just kind of adjust it over time. Mm-hmm. Now, what about a hyper focus? Those with autism or with ADHD have a hyper focus, meaning there is something that they latch onto and it's almost obsessive. I've heard of uh, people taking like toy cars and being obsessed with the wheels, not the car necessarily, but the wheels itself. Or I've heard of those with ADHD incredibly obsessed with dinosaurs and they know every single detail about dinosaurs when they lived what they ate did you ever have a hyper focus growing up I absolutely did and that was aviation aviation tell me a little bit about that what what drew you to that just the flying of it mm-hmm. and naming the aircraft like I could name what a Boeing 737 was mm-hmm. and there's many different types of Boeing 737s there's not just one series there's multiple type of aircraft mm-hmm. going from the 737 to 100 to the 900 max and you were kind of you, you used to really like the airlines too because I remember on Facebook you would post about different airlines too what was it that drew you not just to the airplanes but the airlines it was travel okay you kind of like to travel. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite place to travel? Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah, I like Florida too. I'm not going to lie. Right now, though, you kind of have a thing for yellow, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. You even walked in today with a yellow shirt, yellow shorts, yellow flip-flops, and I've noticed on social media, you're always buying new yellow stuff. What's up with that? Because yellow is my favorite color. It's mm-hmm. a very <clears throat> antidepressant color. It's very bright. Mm-hmm. So stimming, sensory issues, eye contact, hyperfocus. Uh, the last one, social cues. Again, there are a lot more symptoms. These are just kind of the main ones. But social cues are really a struggle for someone who does who is not neurotypical. What it, what were the social cues that you struggled with growing up? The main one I mainly struggled with was sarcasm. Like just knowing when somebody's joking and when somebody's serious. Mm -hmm. And have you adjusted over time with understanding sarcasm? I'm still learning a little bit. How have you learned when someone is sarcastic? How I've learned that was somebody explaining it Mm -hmm. or either not serious in their tone. That's one way of knowing. So you're looking or you're listening for the tone. Do you ever notice their facial expressions? Do you ever get a cue from that? I have not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes... That's why it's sarcasm, because the tone may be different, but they have the straight face when they say it. What do you think, when we talk about autism, and it's a word that we hear on a regular basis every day, growing up, 
nobody knew what autism was. Mm-hmm. They they just didn't. People would a- often ask me, what's wrong with your brother? Because they didn't know, they had never heard of the word autism, and I would have to explain it. Now it's an everyday word. We hear about it all the time. But people are often wondering, why? God, why? What do you think autism offers the world? It offers the world hope. Why is that? Because there, because people, the people with autism, there is potential for them. Mm-hmm. They can work in the workforce. They can live on their own if they desire to do so. Mm-hmm. They can help in the community. Okay. What about in God's kingdom? What do you think? How do you think autism helps the kingdom of God? It helps being the kingdom difference. Really, I like that being the kingdom difference. You know what I think? This is something. Do you know who Emily Coulson is? I do not know. I would I would highly suggest giving her a follow on Facebook. So her son, Max, has autism. And she travels the country speaking about, about her son. And one, her, okay, let me back up. Her father was the famous preacher, Chuck Colson, who also worked for the Nixon administration when Watergate happened. And through that, that's when he actually gave his heart to the Lord, became a preacher. Well, when he found out that his grandson was diagnosed with autism, someone said to him, congratulations, because now you get to learn what unconditional love is. And that hit him hard because it was the truth. He was going to have to love somebody unconditionally that was not like him. What do you think about that? You know what I think about that is, you know, it's it's hard to love someone unconditionally. Mm-hmm. You're, it's easier to judge, but even a neurotypical person, it's hard to love sometimes. It's with anyone. Yes, yes, but I think those with autism, it gives us that opportunity mm-hmm. to really show unconditional love. I agree. So we had you on two years ago because April is Autism Awareness Month and we wanted to really talk about it and how God has created us all unique on purpose. Even autism, I believe, is from the Lord because, like I said earlier, God takes the things, the foolish things of this world and he uses it to confound the wise. Give us an update on what you're doing now because back then i think you had just started driving and you had goals of living on your own so what has happened these last couple years for you trying to be an independent person so here's what's happened i have been living on my own i moved out almost four months ago that's been going well Mm -hmm. i really love having my own place driving is still going good i'm still working at tom's west bay still working the deli i've grown my career there it's been a great place to work Right. How do you like living on your own? It's a very different world, but it's a good different. Does it feel weird not having your parents there with you all the time? It does not feel weird. No, but you feel more. Is it more freeing? Do you think? I would say so. Okay. How did your parents take it? You being gone. They were emotional for a while Mm -hmm. and they're somewhat adjusting now they're adjusting now okay now i want you that are listening make sure you give brian a follow on facebook at brian mitchell life with autism and i'll make sure i put that in the show notes but you have your own facebook page where you give different topics of discussions almost like a blog now what made you choose to do this how this all started was i was actually trying to write a script like a movie script because that was my interest for a while but then one night my parents and I sat down and had a conversation. They said, a movie wouldn't be able to impact 
people right now. But when, but when you have a blog, you, you're able to impact people. And mm -hmm. that's how this whole idea of Brian Mitchell life with autism started. So you're able to impact people on a regular basis versus, versus waiting years to create the script and then possibly produce it. It would take a long time where this you're able to impact people right now. That's correct. Your kind of point, your point. And who knows in the future, you can collect all these blogs that you have done, then create a script. But I, I think I agree with your parents because it's not an either or it's you're doing this now, but then you can take it and create something else later on that can impact people. What are some of the topics that you have picked? Some of the topics I have picked was the power of positive thinking. Po okay. Why? Now, why is that? Why did you choose that topic? I chose it to help educate people. Now, is that something people with autism struggle with being positive? I would say that was one of my struggles. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's important for neurotypical people to see that, oh, people with autism are very positive and they have this great outlook on life? Here's how, you know, you can you can be positive around them and just set a good example and we'll be all set. Mm -hmm. What what other topics have you chosen? Just overcoming, overcoming fear. I've talked about independent, how I started my whole independent living situation. And mm -hmm. those are some of the titles I've explained about. What does the future look like for Brian Mitchell? I mean, because last time we were here, we talked about the very things that you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. So what's in the near future for you? Right now, I just plan to stick around in Traverse City. Mm -hmm. I've grown to really get to know, I've gotten to know a lot of great people in this community. Mm -hmm. And I plan to stay in my apartment, work full time, and just learn right here for now. Do you have any dreams or goals? Just whatever God has in store for me next in life. Okay. Very cool. Well, Brian, thank you for coming in and giving us an update. You were created unique on purpose. I think it's important for people to know that not only were you created unique on purpose, but the person listening right now, they were created unique on purpose too. And they're meant to impact the kingdom of God, just as you are created to impact the kingdom of God. So thank you for coming in. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique on a Purpose podcast. And thank you, Brian, for giving us an update and sharing your story. Make sure you give Brian a follow on Facebook. That is Brian with Autism. Unique on a Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you right back here next time.